This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Amazon Business honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and happy Labor Day. Today is Monday, Labor Day. I'm recording this episode later than normal. Usually this episode is open or out early in the morning, but I figured since everybody's off work, why not record the episode on live? So I'm on live right now. So if you're listening to the recorded episode, I'm going to be talking to the people that's joining me live. I'm going to be answering questions from the people that's joining me live. If you're not following the podcast page, go to Instagram and follow Blessed and Bossed Up. I do plan on going live a lot more often. So you guys will get to engage and ask your questions in real time as I record the podcast. Okay, so I wanted to tell you guys we're going to be doing some changes on the podcast. Don't worry, it's not going to be less holy. It's not going to be less about business. But I wanted to change a little bit um, of the format. So when I made the transition from blessed and bossed up, I mean, black girl boss to blessed and bossed up, I really kind of just let God use me and just flowed. I didn't plan too much for the podcast because I was still trying to get a feel of what God was actually doing and what I needed to be doing with the show. So I didn't plan any type of formats. I really just went on whatever topic it was that day and just allowed God to use me. And I just spoke. But now I, I can't operate like that in too long. I need structure. So now I actually came up with a different format for the show. So I'm going to test it out this week. So make sure you guys 
guys, shoot me an email, slide in my DMs at Tatum Tamil on Instagram and let me know what you think. So the format is going to go a little bit like this. We're going to start with a week recap. So we're going to have topics, but I do want to keep you guys abreast on what's going on in my life, how my weeks have been going, things I may be struggling with business wise and spiritually. I don't want to get too far off of the intent of the show, which is to document the journey of entrepreneurship and now documenting the journey of faith in entrepreneurship. So we're going to start each week off with a recap. Then the next point we're going to move to is the main topic of the day. So that's when I'll get on my rants about whatever or teaching topics about whatever. Then after we do that, there's going to be a segment called the business blitz. So what I mean by that is a lot of times on the show, we get very deep into the spiritual. So I told you guys, I pray all the time before coming on this podcast. And a lot of times that mean I'm going to I probably talk about God a lot longer than I intended to. And I definitely don't want the business side to get lost. And so that's why I created the segment called the business blitz. And it's going to be very, very quick, maybe like a couple minutes tops where we're going to dive into a particular business topic. Um, then after that, I'm going to answer questions per usual. And I'm going to have, if I have any announcements, I'll make those after that. And then at the end, I'm going to end the podcast with a prayer. I got a lot of great feedback when I, um, did the prayer a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to implement that. I can't talk today. I'm going to implement that um, at the end of every episode. And then for you guys that don't know, we now have a blessed and bossed up playlist. So it's a praise and worship playlist. The intro to the podcast is on there. A lot of people always ask me about the intro to the show. So I put it on the playlist so you can get your life to that, um, to that intro as well. So at the end of every episode, I'm going to end off the episode with one of the songs from the playlist. So I'm not going to do any talking or anything. I'm just going to put a song at the end of the podcast. So after you finish listening to me talk about God and business, you can get your praise and worship on. Okay, so that is the new format of the show. We're going to try this out. Let me know what y'all think. And yeah, let's get started. So this past week was a pretty good week for me. Um, For you guys that don't know, well, y'all should know if y'all listen to the podcast. I've been fasting weekly for a year. So a year ago, I began to really get closer to God. And one of the things that he wanted me to do was fast. So when fasting was first introduced to me, I've heard about it before. Like I've heard of churches doing corporate fast and I've heard of people fasting from maybe social media or food or doing a Daniel fast or anything like that that, but I never really understood how fasting applied to me in particular. And around that time, um, God wanted me to start fasting. So when I fasted for the first time, it was from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and I didn't eat any food. I would drink water. I would have my cup of coffee. I would have any liquids. Um, if I was doing anything that required me to not be hangry, <laughs> then I would like drink a smoothie or something so that I'm not like going off on anybody. But pretty much no food from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And so after I did that the first day, God really began to give me a lot of clarity about what he wanted me to do. And in particular, one of the things was that he wanted me to fast weekly for a whole year. And I was kind of like, um, what? Like today was hard, Lord. Uh, you want me to do this every week? 
So nevertheless, I obliged and I really put in my calendar last year that August 27th was going to be my last fasting day. And so that was last Monday. And if I'm being honest with you guys, I thought that on my last fasting day, like once I got to 6 p.m., that I was going to get like a phone call that changed my life (laughs) or like some email or something where something spectacular happened. I really thought that this is what it was going to be because I'm like, well, God, if you got me fasting for a month, I mean, a day every week. Every uh, for a whole entire year, like something spectacular has got to happen. I've actually did this for this whole year. Like I've not missed a week. What's going on? I, I just knew something amazing was going to happen and nothing outwardly amazing happened. I didn't get any phone calls. I didn't get any um any email or anything like that. And so I was really like taking a look at myself because I'm like, okay, Tatum, you spent this last year really diving deep into your relationship with God. In your fasting days, you've been able to learn to hear from God. You've gotten a lot of clarity on your purpose. What What is this this big thing? Like, I know it's something there. I know God didn't have me fast every week for a year for no reason. And what I realized is, and it kind of goes back to something that T.D. Jake said in one of his sermons, he was saying that when we pursue God, we feel like we're supposed to have have like this big aha moment. Like I was saying before, this phone call that that came in that changed my life or this email that came in or all of a sudden I was going to wake up and be a whole different person that, that really isn't what happened. And that's not really how God works. He does do grandiose gestures, but that's not always how he operates. And so as I was really just thinking about what has changed within the last year, I realized that I have a lot more clarity about my purpose. I'm a lot stronger as far as my spirit life goes. Like I will pray you under the table. Like I don't play when it comes to my relationship with God. I don't play with other people when it comes to um, spirituality. Like I'm really a lot more confident and comfortable in who I am and what God has called me to do. And I'm no longer running away from it. I know for in the beginning, when God was just showing me little things about myself, I really wanted to run away from it because I wasn't ready for that. Like what I thought my life was going to be and what God told me my life is going to be is totally different. So I was afraid, you know, to say the least. And But after fasting for this year and just taking a second, I'm not really afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of my faith. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid that people are not going to listen to the podcast anymore because I'm talking about God. I'm not afraid of anything. Y'all going to get these bars about God just like you're going to get these bars about business. And I'm not apologizing for it. So... That was something I really realized about myself was just my confidence level and my spirit walk has changed. And I'm also not afraid to not be perfect. So I'm not a perfect Christian. I'm going to slip up. I'm told y'all the the Lord's still working with me on my mouth. So I might drop a, a word that I ain't supposed to here and there. And that's okay. I'm not trying to be perfect. I don't need to. And I'm cool with that. So I was just really excited and proud when I took a second to really reflect over the past year and what fasting has really done for me. And I suggest for any of you guys who um, haven't fasted yet, one thing I learned over the last year about fasting is that fasting really 
gets prayers answered that haven't been answered otherwise. And fasting a lot of times gives that level of clarity that you've been looking for. And the reason why God hasn't given us the clarity that we've looking for, that we've been asking for yet, or he hasn't give answered that prayer yet is because he's waiting for you to give up something and you giving up food or whatever uh, for a whole entire day so that you could feed your spirit and not just feed your flesh is a form of sacrifice. And so he will reward that with the clarity and the things that you're looking for. So yeah, that happened this past week. I passed my real estate class this past week. So I'm excited about that. For you guys that don't know, I've been in a real estate class for the last month. My fiance and I are starting a um, investment business together. And so I was like, we're not about to pay nobody, no commission. One of us is going to get this real estate license and we will use the commission and invest it into other things or use it for whatever we decide to. But what we're not going to do is throw no money as a way. Okay. So, um, yeah, I took the class. I still have to take like the state test, but I passed the class. I needed like a break. I was tired of listening. I was tired of reading about appraisals and all of that. I was over it. So I needed like a week break and then I'm going to apply to take the, um, state test. So anyway, I'm excited about that. That happened this week. And yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. And of course, another change that happened this week was the format of the podcast. So I went over that already. Um, so yeah, let's go on to today's main topic. Today, we're going to be talking about building a personal brand with boundaries. I'm really excited about this topic because ever since social media has just popped off the way that it has and everybody seems to be getting famous for everything and everybody has their phone out all the time and everybody's trying to put their life out there. It can if how can I say this? It it sends the false signal that you have to put every single detail about your life out there in order to be successful or in order to have people follow you or buy into whatever it is that you're selling. And that's really not true. That's why I wanted to talk about building a personal brand with boundaries, because this was something I really spent a lot of time on before I started building my personal brand. As you guys know, my first business was my youth program. So I really didn't have to be on social media like that. I was pitching to school systems and individual schools and things like that. So being online was not a priority because the people who was writing my checks wasn't didn't care what my Instagram looked like. But when I moved on and was and started doing the podcast and things like that, then my personal brand became the or had to be Well, my personal brand had a a little bit more of a priority because then people now want to know about me and what I'm doing day to day and all of that stuff. And I wasn't comfortable with that. And I wasn't really willing to put my whole entire life out there for the world to consume, especially on the Internet. Like then I, I might say something or put something out there. And then 10 years later, somebody is uh, persecuting me for something I said when I was a stupid teenager. So I just I just never wanted to put myself out there. And I know my triggers. Right. I don't play when it comes to my man in my family, I will really have to put hands on somebody and pray for forgiveness later (laughs) if they cross the line when it comes to those two things. So I was like, I don't want to make myself too 
vulnerable when it comes to certain things. So when I'm building this brand, I have to have boundaries. And I've also noticed a lot of other people who have built personal brands, they always have to tell people what their boundaries are. So somebody might ask something that's a little bit too personal of them. And then they're like, oh, you can't ask me that or that's too close or I don't have to disclose every area of my life. And I'm like, well, you put yourself out there making it seem like nothing in your life was off limits. So you really can't get too mad at people for asking questions that they feel like they can ask. And then when you then when you start saying, oh, you're coming too close or I have boundaries now, then it makes you look bad uh, and it makes your brand look bad because it seems like you're complaining, if that makes sense. So I think that it's smart to build a brand with boundaries in the beginning, as opposed to having to go back and tell people, don't ask me about my relationship or don't ask me about my family or things like that. So I have four points that I wanted that I want to make. Um, before I get into that, I do want to note that personal brands are important. Personal brands open up a door for other revenue streams. So let's say you own a hmm. I don't know. Let's say you do social media, you do social media marketing or whatever. So your personal brand isn't necessarily your business. But when you build a personal brand, then you open up another form of revenue. So then people might start hiring you for speaking engagements, right? Excuse me. People might start hiring you for speaking engagement. So that's another source of income or you can start a, let's say, a coaching business teaching your area of expertise. That's another source of income. Or you can write a book that packages your knowledge and sells that. That's another source of income. So a personal brand is beneficial because it's going to open up so many more lanes for you to be able to make money. And then when people buy into your personal brand, then they'll start to buy into your business as well. So now that they like you as a person because they've been following you and you've been inspiring them, when you introduce your Mark's uh, social media marketing packages, then they'll be like, oh, I'm going to hire her over Susie because this person, I like them. I know that they're going to take care of me because I've built this trust with them over the course of whatever. So again, personal brands are extremely important, but here are four ways that you can um, build one with boundaries. So number one, you have to create your boundaries, right? But you have to create your boundaries within yourself and not online. So before you even present yourself out there, it's not about posting and telling people, don't ask me about these three things. It's really about you figuring out for yourself what's too far, what is too close, what am I, what circle am I going to draw around myself so that people don't get too much uh or too close to me or get too much into my personal life that I'm not trying to put out there. So for me, once I started doing the podcast and I knew I had to put myself out there and things like that, I was like, okay, Tatum, what's too close? And I know my boundaries, like I said, is definitely my family. It's definitely uh, my marriage is a huge boundary because my marriage comes before any of this stuff. And when I have children, my children are going to be a boundary for me. I, I might post pictures of my kids, but my kids are not about to have Instagram pages. They're not about to have their own little brands. They're just going to be very regular and normal, hopefully, <laughs> children. So thinking about that, I was like, OK, how can I set up these boundaries then as I'm building my personal brand? And the phrase that I think about when I say that is you teach people how to treat you. Right. So if I was on here 
posting relationship goals, photos every day, or if I had kids, if I was on here posting every detail about my child's life, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for me to get mad at anybody if they asked me about those things because I put those things out there. But if I'm never talking about or if I'm never putting out there the details of my kids lives or the details of the day to day of my marriage, then people aren't going to really even think to ask me that because that's not what I'm talking about, if that makes sense. So again, you teach people how to treat you. So you really have to think about these things before you even start putting yourself out there in the first place. And another thing is you're going to have a personal brand regardless, right? So it's important that we think about these things before we start one so that we don't have to do damage control. And then also when you're being yourself, that's a part of your personal brand. So don't feel like because you're orchestrating things in a way that you're not what's the best way to say it hmm don't think because you're orchestrating things in a way or creating these boundaries that it's not authentic. It's still authentic, but you're just p- presenting yourself in a way that you're comfortable with. You're presenting yourself with some boundaries in place. So for me, when I realized that um, my ch- uh, marriage is a boundary, when I d- decided that my children would be a-, a boundary, I also created, I don't know if you would call this a boundary, but I really desire to live a life offline. And what I mean by that is I don't want to be out and have to hold my phone out, phone up all the time. Like I was at a cookout yesterday and um, we were just looking at the people dancing or whatever to the DJ and everybody had like their phone in their face singing to the phone. And I was looking like... This looks really crazy from this side of the table for people to be partying in their phones as opposed to enjoying each other. And I know for me, when it just comes to day to day experiences or if I'm on vacation or if I'm spending time with the people that I love or whatever, I really just don't want to have my phone out all the time. I just want to enjoy my life with the people that are around me that I love and have just a peaceful environment without feeling like feeling the pressure of having my phone up. But when you build a brand that doesn't have boundaries or when you do put everything out there to the world, then you're kind of held to that same standard of having to continue that. So knowing that I didn't want to do that, I had to think like, okay, building this personal brand, Tatum, how are you going to do that? Like, how are you going to put yourself out there, but still keep your day to day and keep certain things to yourself? So the answer to that for me was one podcasting. Podcasting is great because it's pre-recorded. I'm able to talk about what I want to talk about and, and the things that I've taken notes on to talk about and put it out there where and it's not necessarily in real time, you know, or if I'm going on live, I'm going on live while I'm recording the podcast. So I'm not walking you through my day. We're engaging with each other while I'm already while I'm doing something I was already going to do anyway. So I'm still building the brand, but I'm not uh, stepping over my own boundaries or even with video. As you guys will see in the upcoming weeks, I've been doing a lot more video. Video is, is great for that same reason. I can record something and then put it out there, but it's not in real time. So I'm still putting content out. I'm still sharing aspects of myself, but I still have the freedom to enjoy my day to day because I already created, excuse me, because I already created the content. So number one, create your boundaries. You teach people how to treat you. So it's important to only put out what you allow, what you want people to have access to. 
Number two, keep your expertise as the main thing and not your life. This is a huge, this is a huge one. And this is probably the easiest way to make sure that you still maintain your boundaries as you're building your brand. So if you're, let's just take me for an example, right? With where I am right now, I'm building, I'm bridging a gap between faith and business. I'm dispelling that myth that faith and business are to be separated. So it's my job on my podcast, on video or whatever platform I decide to do is my job to move you in a way so that I spark something on the inside of you so that you start building a better relationship with God so that you start looking at business differently so that you can grow and manifest your life into everything that is supposed to be. That's my job. I always say my role is to just plant the seed is to stir, make you have an experience with whatever it is that I'm putting out there so that you can take that and grow it. And like I said, manifest everything that um, is put on the inside of you. So that's my job, right? That's not necessarily my expertise. That's just my purpose. My expertise is communication specifically. I have a skill at being able to take a concept, breaking it down and making it easily digestible for whomever I'm talking to. I always say I'm a teacher at heart, maybe because my grandmother has been a teacher for like a hundred years, <laughs> but I'm a teacher at, at heart. And so knowing that that is my uh, particular expertise, expertise, then I'm not focusing on my personal life. I'm focusing on my skill. So my, so everything that I do is to break down a concept and teach people something. It's not necessarily to put myself out there. So knowing that as I'm teaching, I'll give you certain aspects of myself. So I might use my relationship as relevant to whatever I'm teaching. I might bring in my family to, to talk about anything, um, or to use as an example or whatever to help connect with my audience, I might bring bits and pieces of my personal life out there, but I'm not using my personal life as the the driving force or as the main thing. So you're not coming to me to know what's the T with my day to day. You're coming to me to learn something. You're coming to me to have an experience with me. So that allows me to better serve you as an entrepreneur, as the person that, that God chose to, to have this platform. It allows me to better serve you while also maintaining my personal boundaries. You're not asking me about the details of my relationship. You guys are asking me about how do I hear from God? How do I market my business better and that is what you should be coming to me for but me as the entrepreneur it allows me like I said to better serve you while still maintaining the boundaries that I have so the same thing for you guys as you're figuring out how you're building that personal brand and how you should put yourself out there think about that what is your expertise in particular and how can you make that the main thing so since Coco Chanel is on here let's talk about her so she is a fitness instructor right and um, I know she wants to help other fitness fitness instructors. So you may use different aspects of your personal life, why you chose this. You may talk about, let's say if you have, I don't know if this is your story, but let's say if you had like this crazy weight loss journey, right? You can talk about how you were once at a certain weight and how that impacted your life and it impacted your self-esteem and your family were looking at you differently or you had a hard time connecting with the opposite sex because you didn't feel good about yourself or whatever. And now you've created this business around that where you're helping other people get fit, where you're helping other people um, live live there or be the most healthy 
healthy or whatever. So now it's not on your personal life. You're using your personal life to prove your point. But the main thing is still your area of expertise or for anybody, let's say, who wants to help businesses. Let's say you want you're a business coach and you want to help businesses. You can talk about aspects of, of your personal life, about how when you first started out as an entrepreneur, you wasted all of this time and money on things that didn't matter or on programs that didn't matter. And if had you just applied these principles, whatever principles you teach in your program, had you have just applied these principles, then you would have saved yourself debt. You would have saved yourself uh, messing up your credit for your business. You would have saved yourself having to eat PB&J and your business. So you're still telling personal things. You're still telling people your story, but you're you're keeping your expertise as the main thing. So that's number two. And then also with that, figure out how you can create content around that. So now that you know, okay, this is my expertise. This is the areas of my personal life that I'm willing to share uh, to back up my expertise. Now, how can I create content around that? If you enjoy being online often, then doing things like live streams is helpful or doing things where you're going live while you're working in your business or you're showing people in your Instagram stories the day to day behind the scenes of your business. Those things are fine if that's what you want to do. But for me, I was like, I don't want to be live all the time or I don't want to have my phone up all the time. So how can I create content that allows me to still utilize my expertise and still put myself out there, but maintain my boundaries? And I talked about before how the podcast and video and things like that um, have helped. So, yeah, number two is to keep your expertise the main thing and not your life. And by doing that, you're also able to not feel like you're shooting in the dark when it comes to your marketing. If your main thing is your expertise, people don't have to wonder what you do. The worst thing is you feel like to build your brand, you have to put your whole life out there. So now we know what you ate, what you drank, what you watched on TV, what you did from sunup to sundown, but we have no idea what your business is or no idea what all of this that you did today has to do with me. So by making your expertise the main thing and not your personal life, you allow yourself to still connect with your audience, but you also are grooming your audience to know you like you trust you and educating them on what you have to offer so that they can ultimately invest in you. Okay, so point number three, focus on the consumer and not yourself. This is another way to maintain those boundaries while still marketing yourself effectively. Focus on the consumer. What that means is what are the, the pain points of your consumer? Any type of marketing you do, any type of content you put out, anything that you do that revolves around building your brand, the purpose should be to connect with your audience in some type of way. And the way that you do that is you have to understand your pain points. So what I mean, understand their pain points. Then once you do that, you'll know what areas of your personal life to insert that connect with them that ultimately builds that know you like you trust you like we talked about before then after you connect with them on whatever that pain point is that's when you position yourself as a solution to their problem so for example let's say you have a, a natural skincare line right and your product in particular helps cure eczema 
Okay, so when it comes to you revealing your personal life, right, then you can start telling stories about how you grew up with eczema, how it affected your self-esteem because your skin looked differently from everybody else's. And now how even as an adult, you still have to you still have the effects of the bullying that you went through as a result of your skin condition or whatever. You you're pouring your heart out about this particular issue. Now, you're still revealing aspects of your personal life. You're still sharing yourself with others, but you're also connecting with people who have the same problem. Now the people are looking at you like, wow, she went, she's going through the things that the exact same things that I went through. Wow. I'm not alone in this. Wow. I like her. She's so funny. She's so nice. Cause remember you're still putting your personality into it and things like that. Wow. She's so funny. She's so nice. I like her and she, she can connect with me. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. So now that you've connected with them on this personal level, then you start to position yourself as the solution. So then you may say, uh, that's why I created this skincare brand because I wanted women like you to feel good about themselves. I wanted you to have your confidence back and not allow this skin condition to, to, uh, regulate your life. So now that you're telling them all of this, they like, yeah. And then you can also talk about how after you started using this product or after use other people, um, so let's say after people who have purchased your product started using it, now they're able to just live a life free from um, or their confidence has been boosted. And now they're able to wear short sleeves because they're not worried about the skin condition anymore. Or they're able to walk in a room with a new level of confidence as a result of using this product. So now we've connected with the person. We've given our personal story without revealing anything that's outside of our boundaries. We've positioned ourselves as a solution. And now this person wants to purchase from you because of all of those things. So, again, figure out what those pain points are so that you can connect with your audience and then just use aspects of your story that are within the realms of what you're willing to share. Use the aspects of your story that connect with them. But if again, if you focus on what your audience and what they need from you, it makes it a whole lot easier to maintain your boundaries because most of the time your audience doesn't need your relationship to buy from you or to connect with them. They don't, or to connect, yeah, to connect with them. They don't need that. They don't need to know what your children do all day to connect for you to connect with them. So that's the important thing about building a, a a brand with boundaries. And I wanted to dispel that myth that you have to put everything out there because you really don't. All you have to do is connect with the consumer and then use aspects of yourself and use your personality and things like that to do that. And then the last point was, so let me review the first three. So the first one was create your boundaries. You teach people how to treat you. So create your boundaries in the beginning and then make sure your content is within those uh, guidelines. Number two, keep your expertise as the main thing and not your life. If you focus on what you do in particular or your expertise and not your personal life, then people will care more about your skill set than what you ate for breakfast. Um, number three, focus on a consumer and not yourself. It's not about, it's not about you. It's about them. So if you focus on uh, what they need, what their pain points are, as opposed to just putting yourself totally out there, you can be a lot more effective in your brand building. 
And then the last thing was have a purpose for everything that you do. That's another way to make sure that you are staying on track or staying within your boundaries is have a purpose. If you're telling your story or you're putting certain aspects of your life out there, is it to engage with your audience? Is it to convert? What is it? If you are, let's go back to, well, let's use a different example. Let's say you help people repair their credit so they can be able to buy their first home. You may tell aspects of your story about how you had to, um, let's see, how you had to personally call different collection agencies to see if they can lower your interest rate. I don't know, whatever. Or you had to to personally call your car insurance people or call your, not your car insurance people, but call whoever um, gave you the loan for your car and ask them to lower the interest rate or just talking about the things that you had to do in order to repair your credit to buy a home. You can even go live while you on the phone with the credit agency or whomever asking them to lower your interest rate. Or you can talk about how you had to severely cut your grocery budget so that you can aggressively pay off debt. You can even go live or show footage of you in the grocery store shopping on a budget to and put that out there to your audience. So you're still showing aspects of your personal life. You're still connected with them, but the purpose is to ultimately convert them into clients. And so I'm not going to talk about sales funnels, but the 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 ultimate goal is to convert them into clients. So now you're building you're, you're building content with a purpose. You're putting yourself out there with a purpose. Um, so yeah, or if let's say it's your purpose of whatever you're doing is to engage with them. So let's take what I'm doing right now for an example. I'm going live to be able to better engage with my audience because that's something that I wasn't that good at because I don't like to be online all the time. So I had to ask myself, well, Tatum, how can you still connect with folk while being in your boundaries? And for me, okay, let me go live while I'm recording the podcast. So I'm still giving value to them, but I'm doing something that I was going to be doing anyway. And then when I'm finished, I can go back to doing whatever it is that I want to do without feeling like, oh, I have to do something or I have to put something out there for people to be able to connect with me. So that's the fourth thing is just to have a purpose for everything you do. So I'm going to go back through the first three and then we're going to take, I mean, I'm going to go back through all four points and then we're going to take a break. Number one, create your boundaries. Number two, keep your expertise as the main thing and not your life. Number three, focus on the consumer and not yourself. And then number four, have a purpose for everything you do. Before we move on to the rest of the show, I want to remind you guys, my first book, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Ambition So God Can Have His Way, is available for pre-order right now on blessedandbossedup.com. If you are struggling with how to make God the CEO, how to hear from God, how do I know if this is an idea from God, what does it mean for my business and my faith to be one and the same, definitely go ahead and purchase this book. I promise you, you will have an experience with God like you've never experienced before. And I'm so excited to hear the testimonies that you guys are going to have as a result. So purchase my first book, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Ambition So God Can Have His Way, available now at blessedandbossedup.com. Let's finish the show. And we're back. Now we're going to move on to the business blitz portion. This is a new segment on the podcast. So definitely let me know what you guys think. Maybe I could find like some cute music to put behind that, but that's not going to happen today. (laughs) Maybe in the next coming weeks. But um, this is a segment where I just speak very quickly about 
anything business related. Since this podcast is very much so business related and we really haven't talked too much about spiritual stuff, um, I'm definitely going to keep it short with this. So for the business blitz, I want to talk about really quickly an article. I'm going to link the article in the show notes so that you can got so that you guys can read it for yourself. The article is titled 42 percent of businesses fail because they don't meet a market need. Now, I thought this was interesting because a lot of people talk about how business businesses fail because of a lack of um, a lack of capital or a lack of resources or things like that. But this article is actually saying that most fail. Well, not most, but 42% fail because they don't meet a market need. And I, and I'm conflicted on how I feel about this. I understand what this means from a business standpoint, but because I do believe in God and I believe that God gives us business ideas, I do believe that when it's a God idea, you don't necessarily have to... Or when it's a God idea, you have a guarantee that it's going to be successful. So statistics don't apply to what God wants to do through you. But just from a business standpoint, this is a really great article for you to, to read. A great a point of it is too often entrepreneurs are so invested in their idea that they fail to take the basic steps to see if it's something the market wants or needs. So I wanted to put out three points. If you or if you have an idea, you haven't implemented implemented it yet and you want to make sure that it does not fall in the 42% of startups that fail, then one, research if it exists. Whatever your business idea is, see if it exists already. If it does exist, then how can you make it better or how can you make it cheaper? Because if you make it cheaper, that already puts you at an advantage. Or if you can make it better, that puts you at an advantage as well. Just because somebody is doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It just means you need to figure out how to do it better. Number two, what is your unique selling proposition? Why am I going to buy my wigs from you and not Janae? Why am I going to come to you for my business needs and not Susan? So that's number two. Number three, are you solving a real problem? A lot of times we just doing stuff because we love to do it, but businesses are supposed to solve problems. So make sure your idea does that. Remember, I'm going to link the uh, the link to this article in the show notes so you can click on that and read what they had to say. All right, so let's answer some questions. I'm on live right now, so I'm going to scroll up and see what folks are talking about. This is a question that I actually get asked a lot is what kind of curriculum did you come up with for your youth program? Any tips on how to come up with a curriculum? Yeah. So my curriculum was based off of life skills and self-esteem in particular. And I had the whole program outlined by weeks with benchmarks, with outcomes. Once I did the program the first couple times, I was able to gather statistics from my group. So I was able to go to schools and say, um, this program has a 92% retention rate. So that means that the girls who come keep coming. They don't just come one time and they never show up again. Or there's an increase in self-esteem by 95% from when the girls start to when they're finished. And so I, I got those numbers by uh, doing surveys and things like that of the group so that I can have a gauge on how effective my program was. So for benchmarks, I might say after one month in the program, you can expect to have a, a increase in behavior or modified behavior 
behavior um, during school of my students or whatever. But make sure that your curriculum speaks the language of the school systems. What you the passion behind why you do it and all of that is cool, but they want to see results. And so make sure that you're able to communicate that in whatever proposal you write for the school, whatever presentation you do, and make sure your curriculum definitely outlines every single um, thing. And if I were you, something I did do actually is I reached out to schools and I would talk to principals. It wasn't always just a pitch. I would ask them, like, what problems are you having with your with your students? What are some things that you look for in programs? Have you had a, a program here before? What worked about it? What didn't work about it? What do you like to see when it comes to the activities for the girls? Like things like that. Don't be afraid to go directly to the person who you want to write the check and ask them what they're looking for so that when you come back to them, later or when you go to somebody else you can have all your ducks in a row the next question says when you were doing one-on-one coaching where did you get your knowledge and know-how I want to start small business consulting and just got my real client but I'm fearful I don't know enough well the first thing was I created my coaching program off of my area of expertise which is marketing digital marketing in particular Every job I've had, I've done marketing. My degree is in PR. I have a certification in digital marketing. So that was my wheelhouse as far as education goes. But then I also had experience of doing that for my jobs, for organizations and things like that. And then I applied a lot of the same things that I did with my youth program to my coaching program. So I had um, an outline of what the program was, what the program included, all the details, what people can expect when they were finished. So a lot of the things I just talked about with the um, youth program, I applied that to the coaching program as well. And I also had different programs for different people. So if somebody came to me and they had a business idea or a very new business, what I would do with them was different than what I would do with somebody whose business was established already, but they wanted to increase their bottom line with their marketing efforts. That what I did with them was a lot different than what I did with the other person. So I really, and I also did a lot of research to get to know my target audience. I asked them a lot of questions. I did a lot of free work before I started taking on clients just to make sure things were working, just so I can get more testimonials and things like that. If you feel like you're fearful still, then I will wait until you have the confidence before you start working with people because nobody wants to to pay somebody scared. You know what I mean? I don't want to I don't want to invest my money in a coach and they don't they're not sure if they know what they're doing. So really make sure that you are confident in what you have going on, that you've covered all necessary bases, that if you feel like you need to get a certification or you feel like you need to do some more uh, pro bono work to build up those testimonials and things like that, then do that. But um, yeah, definitely don't be fearful. Trust yourself because a lot of times we do know what we're doing, but the enemy tries to, to make us scared or doubt ourselves. So once you feel like you've covered all bases and you know that your stuff works, just trust yourself. And as my friend, my life coach friend Tish says, don't bully yourself. The next question says, I'm struggling with my nursing license and education to educate people and to gain more clients for my home care agency. I struggle with what direction to go. 
I would definitely first say pray about it to see what direction God wants you to go in. Um, and I had, I did an episode maybe a couple weeks ago on, it's called, I have an idea now what, and it's very spiritual based on what you should do once you have an idea and how to seek God on behalf of the idea. But, um, on the non-spiritual side, really do a lot of research on your industry, who else is doing what you're doing? How do they do it? I always suggest that people volunteer in the area that they want to work in so you can see the ins and outs. So that if you have if you um, have a home care agency, maybe volunteering or something at another home care agency. So then you can be able to see what are what are the questions that people are asking when they come in here? What are the complaints that they have when they come in here? Ask questions of the people that work there. Like, what do you like about working here? What do you don't like? Or maybe asking the person who owns it. What are some um, of your biggest lessons thus far from owning this business and just really get as much information as possible. And that will offer a lot of clarity as well on how you should move forward. Last one. Is it smart to focus on growing your audience and developing trust before you even introduce a product or service? Yes. I always say launching in the traditional sense is overrated where if you got a new product or service coming out, the last thing you need to be doing is posting countdowns on your page. For a good few months prior to even introducing a product or service, you should really be building up that trust with your audience. And the way that you do that is really focus on their pain points. If you focus on somebody's pain points and connect with them on that area and then uh, glorify what life looks like after that problem is solved, then it will make them anxious to get whatever it is to get from point A to point B. So really building up that trust is so important in the beginning. When I first did, when I started doing my uh, consulting and coaching, it wasn't until like six months after the podcast was out because I wanted people to really build up a relationship with me and know me, like me, trust me and understand what I'm about prior to me introducing something to them. Even when it came to changing the podcast before I introduced any products, I really focused on just making sure um, people were able to understand the path I was on, understand what I was doing. And even with clients that I work with marketing wise, whenever they've built up a trust, built up trust with the audience and put a lot of free content and free valuable content out there before asking people to spend their money, it's always been more beneficial than somebody who just put something out there. I always compare it to, it's like somebody only calling you when they want something. Nobody likes that. Like ask me about my day first. Talk to me a couple times first, you know what I mean? Before you just ask me for my money. So that's going to wrap up the questions portion of the podcast. I'm going to end the show with a prayer and then that will be it. Father, we thank you for another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. We're thankful for the people's lives that are going to be changed as a result to listening to this show each and every week. I thank you, Father, for the people who you are speaking to through this show, Lord God. I humble myself every week, Lord God, and I humble myself once again to just thank you for using me as a vessel, Lord God. Lord, I want every single week for it to be all of you on this podcast and never any of me, Lord God. Father, I pray that the information I share today is applicable to everyone's business, Lord God, that they will be able to take things from my life, particularly fasting, and apply that to their lives, Lord God, and then take what I said um, as the topic of this show and apply it to their businesses, Lord. Father, I thank you that, that people are able to have an experience with this show as a result of what you're doing through me, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you're 
word is a lamp on our feet, Lord, that that provides light to our ways, Lord God. So, Father, I ask that you provide light to what I said, Father. So as as everybody who listens to this thinks about how do they apply boundaries in their in their brands, Lord God, that you show them what they need to tell and what they need to stay away from, Lord God. Father, if something is a boundary for them, but it's something that you need for them to share with your people, Lord, I pray that you reveal to them that, Lord God, give them the clarity that they need so that they're not only making boundaries as a result of what they're comfortable with, but they're making boundaries that are specific to what you need from them, Lord God. Give them the guidance, give them the clarity, give them the understanding that they need so that they can be able to build your business, Lord God, to build your brand and to simply be used as a vessel. I pray for blessings on everyone's week, Lord God. I pray that as they enter into a a new week, they have new blessings. As we enter into a new month, I pray for a new favor, new blessings, new clarity, new increase, new understanding, new business ideas in Jesus name. Father, I pray that you breathe a new breath over their businesses, Lord God, so they can end this year better than they started it, Lord God. If someone is still struggling to hear from you, Lord, I pray that you speak to them loud and clear so that they do not go another day without knowing how to hear your voice. And and again, God, I just pray that you bless everybody as they go throughout their week and, and guide them on what they should do in their businesses, Lord God. And show them what you need from them, Lord, so that they can go out and do everything that you have previously ordained them to do in this earth. In Jesus name. Amen. Talk to you all next week. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com.